Welcome, everyone. I am Bob Wurzelbacher, the director of the Respect Life Office for the Archdiocese of Cincinnati. And this is our video podcast series that we call Being Pro-Life. This week, I have a special edition related to the coronavirus epidemic. Because of this worldwide spread of this epidemic, many businesses and schools are being closed and people are working and studying from home. We're all encouraged to practice social distancing. So today, we want to answer the question of how can we still be involved in reaching out to others during this time of crisis? So let's talk with today's guest. Will you please introduce yourselves? Hi. I'm Sarah Seligman, and I'm the Regional Director of the Catholic Social Action Office of the Archdiocese of Cincinnati. I'm based in Dayton. My name is Mike Lehner. I'm the Director of Marketing and Development for Catholic Social Services of the Miami Valley. My name is Melissa Meyer, and I'm the Executive Director at Churches Active in Northside, also known as Kane, serving folks in the 45223 zip code. All right, great. So, so many businesses are closed. Schools are closed. We need to be protecting the most vulnerable from being exposed to this virus. But that also means there are a lot of people out there who are really going to be hurting financially and in other ways during this crisis. So, Sarah, how can we reach out to those in need and still be safe? Great question. So I have a super long list of ways. Our office has been trying to send out a newsletter with ways to keep people involved and just remind people we can still live out our Catholic faith, Catholic social teaching in this time. It's important that we take care of ourselves and our family so that we aren't pouring from an empty cup, but then from there, we still should be looking outward to others in our society and having solidarity. So there's tons of ways to do that just have to be creative with the physical distancing that we need to keep. So some of the ways is just check in with your neighbors, like people that you know, call them, see how they are, make sure they're okay. If you know, if you have an elderly neighbor or family member to just call and say, I want to get you groceries. What do you need or want? Since People that are over 60 are even more strongly asked to not leave their homes because they're considered more vulnerable. Or if you know someone who has a health condition that puts them on the more vulnerable side, just seeing what things you can do for them to help them stay at home and help them stay comfortable and not feel as burdened in their isolation. We have a lot of folks that are vulnerable and in need when circumstances are good in our community. And with the virus threatening our most vulnerable and really all of our citizens, we're already seeing an increased need for services in our community. So Kane operates a food pantry, a community meal, and provides some housing in partnership with Interfaith Hospitality Network. And we're already seeing folks that are sheltering in place, having other additional family members home with them, young people that usually get free lunches and breakfast from school that are now having to access that food in different ways, maybe living with older relatives who are not as able to provide transportation to young people to get them to schools that are offering still breakfast and lunch families that we don't usually see at our pantry that are accessing additional pantry services here for our community. The biggest area of our concern right now is clearly in the pantry. So our food pantry is the only pantry in Dayton that's open five days a week. We serve roughly 16,000 individuals per year through our pantry. And we have seen a dramatic increase in the number of people that are coming on a daily basis. 
Also balancing that with the fact that we had to put in some restrictions around our volunteers. So you can imagine like any other nonprofit organization in the world, most of our volunteers are seniors. They're older. So we had to place a restriction, an age restriction on our volunteers to, to try and keep our volunteers as safe as possible, where we're not allowing anybody over the age of 50 to volunteer anymore. And so over two-thirds of our 350 annual volunteers fit that, that over the 50 age requirement. So we're desperately trying to reach out to folks. I've been so excited to see the, the outpouring of support, particularly amongst one group individual uh, from Chaminade Julian Catholic High School down the street. There's a couple staff members, including myself and, and one of my other staff members who, who both came from Chaminade Julian. So we had a lot of connections there, but uh, just all the young alumni and even some current students, a lot of college age kids have all stepped up and come down to the pantry to start working this past week. And we expect that to continue. At the same time, we've got staff members who have been displaced from their work who have just stepped up and said, okay, well, instead of going home, we're going to come down and work in the pantry. So, because that's the one service area that no matter what we do, we're not going to be able to eliminate that interaction. We have made some changes to our pantry. We've always been a, what's called a choice food pantry model, where we allow folks to come in and actually shop for what they want. We've had to eliminate that part of the pantry. So we are actually just boxing up a week's worth of groceries for everybody's family. So they'll come in through an intake process. We're allowing only five people into the pantry at a given time. They go in, they just get their box, and they're able to go. But we've been serving just in the last week about 120 families a day through that model. So you can imagine it's stressful. We're certainly worried about the folks that don't have access to grocery stores, don't have access to, you know, just financially don't have any wherewithal to, to be able to provide for their family in this time. So, yeah. So, so basically if you're, I mean, there are a lot of people out there vulnerable, right, to this virus or have, might have family members who are more vulnerable to this virus. But if you're someone who is healthy and you can go out and there's no one in your house that you need to be particularly concerned, right, about exposing to this virus, so call your local pantry, whether it's yours or wherever you are and see if they are taking volunteers and see if they need help. And if they do, then go out and help because generally speaking, there's probably a whole lot more need out there and fewer people out there available to volunteer. So that could be a good way to use your time, particularly if you're being forced to work from home or not even uh, have that work that you have now, there are people out there who need our help. For sure. I will share with you that our, all of our volunteers are basically quarantined in one section of the pantry. So there's no cross interaction with clients. They're doing all of the unloading of the food bank truck that arrives every morning, restocking our shelves, and then shopping delivering the boxes down to the area where the intake is happening. And so we're trying to eliminate as much person-to-person contact as possible. There will be no more than 10 people in the one area at any given time. And yes, we are advising them. I and there's, there's certain restrictions to, you know, you got to make sure that you're healthy, um, that you're able to lift heavy boxes, all those types of things. So I encourage anybody that's interested we have information out on our website starting this afternoon about how to sign up to be a volunteer if you're interested in doing that. But there's other ways to help as well. So there's a lot of people that have been calling us and saying, I can't work in the pantry. What can I do? And obviously, one of the biggest areas of need that we're going to have throughout this whole thing is the ability to purchase food. 
So we're not getting the typical things like canned food drives that we might rely on typically on a Sunday morning mass. We have several parishes that do that weekly that obviously with no mass going on, there's nobody collecting food. So, and the other part of that is being able to purchase food wholesale gives us purchasing power to buy much more and have it delivered in a way that makes it really easy for us to just stock the shelves versus having to do that, you know, the sorting and everything else that's involved with typical canned food drives, eliminating that and just allowing us to put stuff right on the shelves, just like you would see at any grocery store is really, really helpful to us. And so I encourage anybody to go out to cssmb.org and and you can make a donation to our food pantry there and allow us to, to have that flexibility. Great. CSSMV, that's Catholic Social Services, Miami Valley, cssmv.org. Great. And you can find that site you can donate. One thing I really, really want to point out is many of our major corporations, foundations, the United Way, and other public funding programs have come together to offer a COVID-19 rapid response funding and initiative to help safety net services, medical services, and other programs have additional cash and supplies to help them meet the increased need. So for those listeners that may have the means to support this community rapid response initiative, they can text RAPID to 91999 to make a gift to this regional rapid response fund. And then those community foundations are distributing funds to places like Kane and other safety net providers to make sure that we can keep operating amidst the increased demand. Wow. So what exactly does that do? You text 91999. Right. And then you will get a response text back. You will put it in amount and they will respond for a confirmation. And then that is deducted through your telephone bill. It's a pretty standard text to donate kind of format. So if you've done that before, it'll operate in a very similar way. But that is a way to coordinate with our region's already valued and trusted funders and support initiatives to make sure we're getting money into the hands of organizations that really need it to meet the increased need in our community. There's a lot of talk about a possible stimulus package. There may be checks going out in the next couple of weeks or so from the government to a lot of different people. And and if you're among those people who need that, great. But if you're among those people who the only change for you is you're working from home, but you're still getting your paycheck and you don't need this stimulus check. That right. could be one way that you take that instead of, I mean, everybody could always use it, right? But there are people who need it a whole lot more than other people. And if you're one of those that don't need it as badly, you could donate that money to different organizations among them. You could give some of it to that by texting to 91999 or to go out to these agencies that are doing that work. There are soup kitchens and things that donate food to the needy who are more in need now than they usually are. And give gift cards, particularly for businesses who are, don't have the same business they normally do. And your local parish, there's no masses going on there. They're not having an offertory collection. They're regularly struggling as well. So you can send a check to them in the mail or use online giving and give to your local parish as well. Just pray about it with your family and decide what it is that you need to do if you get a rebate check and you don't need it as badly as your neighbor does. 
Okay. Anything else that you wanted to point out for, from people? People are looking for ways that they can help, whether they need to stay inside their home, right? And do things remotely or donate, or whether they can do something by going somewhere. Any other advice for people? So those folks that maybe don't have the means to make a financial contribution to either local pantry like Kane or through this COVID regional response, there are other things that you can do to really help your neighbors who are in need. So for example, preparing and sharing a meal to someone in your neighborhood that may be having a lot of stress because they're caring for people in their home that may have chronic illnesses or disabilities. Having kids get involved by writing cards and drawing pictures and sending them off to the local nursing home or to the children's hospital or wherever it might be to help to brighten some people's days. So there are lots of little things and lots of big things that folks can do to help make this time easier for all of us. Yeah, that's a great thing to do. Someone sent me a great news story on these kids. And I think it's, this is a good reminder to involve our children in healthy and helpful ways. These kids went and played a little concert with their instruments. They went and on her porch and she sat, she was probably at least 12 feet away sitting in a rocking chair. And then they were on the complete other end of a pretty large porch playing a little concert for her. That's that's, yeah. that's great. That's so They were keeping all the distance needed, but right. really helped or not feel isolated. Right, right. That's so, so that was really beautiful. If you have extra toilet paper, cleaning supplies, hand sanitizer, those are certainly welcome. You can leave those on our front porch and we'll, we'll get them when we come in. But I wouldn't recommend just showing up without checking with an organization first to find out exactly what their need is. Anything else you think we needed to, to get um, in there? It's really important that we either start to be really involved as citizens and talking to our legislators or continue that, making phone calls, writing emails, and you don't need to be an expert. This is all moving so fast. They're probably having a hard time keeping up with it. There was a bill passed, but they're going to be passing many bills, hopefully. They're kind of just taking a, like, pass a few things at a time so that they can move it quickly and keep up with things. So they're not looking to pass one giant thing that's going to deal with all of this, but just over and over. So it's important to reach out and say what you think needs to be done. Look into groups that deal with especially vulnerable and marginalized populations and see if there's anything on the internet from them that of what they're concerned about and what they think needs to be covered in legislation. And also just speak about what you and your family and your neighbors are dealing with and what you're worried about and what you think the government might need to step in in such a big crisis to help families and individuals get through this and stay in their homes and stay fed and so forth. Some things that I'm finding right now that haven't necessarily been covered by the legislation that's already gone through is to increase healthcare funding for states so that they can adequately respond, include additional Medicaid funding, etc. And there's other things that we need to advocate for. I could go on and on, but I just encourage people to look into that. And our office is going to be continuing to send out newsletters on this issue. So anyone can look up Catholic Social Action and the Archdiocese of Cincinnati and sign up for our newsletter. And so we'll try to stay up to date on what needs to be advocated for for everyone. Some other things people could think about is there's some mutual aid 
Facebook groups popping up and there is one for Cincinnati and Dayton and also one for Central Ohio. And what's great about these groups is they're private groups. So you have to request to join and probably answer some questions. And then once you're in there, people can post any help that they need. And if that's a need that you could help meet safely while, you know, doing the physical distancing as much as possible, then you can help them and you can find a way to meet that need. So it's really communities coming together and figuring out how to meet each other's needs. And also you can ask for help because there's people listening to this podcast that probably might need some help in some ways too. And I always like to emphasize, because I think a lot of times in our American culture, even us Catholics and Christians, given the mindset of like individualism and I need to do this on my own and be a responsible adult who can meet my own needs. And that's not a Christian value. We should be responsible and work hard But it's not a Christian value to believe that you can go at it alone. And it's important to ask for help when you need it and to let people help you. Well, I guess the one thing that I would add is there are a lot of people that are working very hard who are putting themselves at risk and are integral to our community's well-being. So people working in pantries, people working in homeless shelters, people that are working in hospitals that are emergency responders in other ways. You know, we appreciate support and we appreciate folks contributing financially if they are able, but I know a lot of these folks will really appreciate a little love and support from the community too. So send a pizza to a shelter for the staff, order a few dozen donuts and send that up to the firehouse. That way we're supporting our small businesses that are also at risk of shutting down if they don't get enough carryout delivery, but we're also showing some love and appreciation to the vital workers in our community that are um, meeting the demand of what we're experiencing now. Yeah, those are terrific ideas because uh, the, the the vast majority of us are being asked to stay home and work from home to the extent that that's ever possible. But there are a lot of people that maybe would love to do that, but their job is demanding that they go continue to go to work. Emergency responders, grocery store workers, a lot of other people. So let's remember them and let's support them and do what we can to help them out as well. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you everyone for talking with us today about how to get involved in the midst of this pandemic, how we can continue to actively work to reach out to those in need while at the same time helping keep the most vulnerable among us safe. So thanks for spending time with us today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Bob. It's a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. I've really appreciated having this conversation with you. And I want to thank all of our viewers and listeners for tuning in on this episode of our Being Pro-Life series. Head to the website and view all the links talked about in this episode at www.catholiccincinnati.org slash being-pro-life. Thank you again for joining us today, and I look forward to being with you next time.